0: Hey guys, well, welcome to the third episode of the Cardigan Cowboy, and wow, is it, it is nice to be back. I had to take a little delay for, uh, had to do my day job for a few months, and uh, we're back in action, and this show is not brought to you by TX Whiskey, but, woo, good stuff. Ah, it's good stuff. So I have a little treat for you today, I don't know if you've ever had your gun taken away, by law enforcement while you are doing nothing wrong. But I got to interview a young lady who did, and it's a phenomenal, crazy, mind-blowing story. So I'm excited to show you that. But first, before we get off into that, I want to tell you just real quick what we're about. We're about great people receiving great conversations from great guests while raising money for great, great causes. And we don't choose the cause. If this, if this show ever produces any money, we have vowed that any profits will half it, and give half of it to the, the nonprofit chosen by the guest. So uh, we're really excited to have great people on. And, and everybody asks me, what 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 is your show about, Taos? What's your niche? So as far as niche goes, I've thought long and hard about this. And we want to mimic and, and go down the trail that Joe Rogan has blazed. He's one of my heroes. I love the guy. Although our views don't always align, I just love what he does, and he's had conversations on his show that's totally changed my whole outlook on life. So when it comes to our niche, what we do, it's simple. We want a platform for good people to be able to see real, raw, successful people in their conversations and how they got to where they are. And and through those conversations, I feel we'll better ourselves, right? So that's our niche, good people listening to good people. Might enjoy a little whiskey and a cigar too, but hey, personal preference, no big deal. So uh, yeah, that's what we're about. We couldn't do this without some sponsors, and so if you need a hat, whether a cowboy hat or ball cap, we got you covered here at the Cardigan Cowboy. Right behind me, I have a cowboy hat for from Shorty's Cowboy Hattery. They are awesome. They support this podcast, and we cannot believe that they've actually put their name out on the line to support us, so we're really excited about that. It's kind of cool. She's the first lady to own a cowboy hat company, and she started from the, the bottom, like back in the 70s, 80s. Uh, get that wrong. Sorry, Shorty. She started out with just a tea kettle, warming up steam and shaping hats at rodeos, and, and she was inspired whenever her, her father had passed, and, and she went to go get uh, her, those hats refurbished. And through that refurbishment, they were ruined. And so she aspired to make uh, a company that that made some of the best hats and also refurbished hats. So if you have an old cowboy hat you want refurbished or you want a new one, go to Shorty's there, OKC Stockyards, or you can find them on Instagram, and they're phenomenal. Shorty's awesome. She's a real cowgirl. I mean, she's the real deal. So we love them, and and thank you, Shorty's, for everything and and the support that you've given. Next up, if you need a ball cap, Okie. Oki brand, the, these people—they are phenomenal. Wade Reeves, he's the owner, and and uh, he—he's one of the kindest, coolest people I've ever met. While I was gone working, he would always holler at me, and be like, "Get back in the studio, man. Get to recording. You got this." And so, uh, thank you for that, and thank you for supporting this. And and that's the other thing that Oki does is they support up and coming artists and people chasing their dreams, just like this. And I love that. Go get you an Oki hat. You can find them on Instagram, the Oki brand. Uh, you can find their website. What I love about their Instagram, you can go right into shop mode. You can hit their shop. You can go get you some hats, load it up. And whenever you go to check out, just, just put in Cardigan Cowboy, all lowercase, all one word, and you get 15% off. So, yeah, you're welcome. There's that. So, we made it through the sponsorship, and I wanted to do a little deal where Cardigan Cowboy does a PSA, you know, a public service announcement. So, for today, our PSA is look, guys, it's fall weather. It's cardigan weather. Also, what that means is it's blazer, sports jacket weather. And there's an unsung rule about a blazer and a sports jacket. And that is the bottom button on a blazer never gets buttoned. That's right. Whether you have two buttons or five buttons on your jacket, you never ever button the bottom button. I feel like people need to know this because not only do we here at the Cardin Cowboy love people that that look good, look slick, you also want to look like you know what you're doing. So, (laughs) take it from us here at the Cardigan Cowboy. You heard it from us. Never button the bottom button. Think of the bottom button like that ex-girlfriend. You know, the one that was really hot, that you outdid yourself. Looked like a Kim Kardashian, but had the attitude of Karen. Yeah, it's just like her. It's just there to look good, but serves no purpose whatsoever. So, just like the button, never button it. Just like that ex, don't go back. You don't need that in your life, man. Hey, ladies, if you see a good-looking cowboy... And he's got that button, that bottom button. Button, just walk up, reach down there, grab it. And we're still talking about the button here. Just unbutton it, tell him you're welcome, and then time to buy you a drink. So, there you go. Cardigan Cowboy told you when you're out and about, you're looking slick, Don't button, button the bottom button. Do not button the bottom button. Jeez, and you'll look like you know what you're doing. Look sharp. Look good. Feel good. Do good. So, there you go. You had a PSA from Cardigan Cowboy. Hey. We'll get on to the show. The lady that we that we interviewed or had a conversation with, her name's Elena Kay, and she is a hustler. Man, she she gets at, she she's a musician, she writes music and she embodies the cowboy spirit. And it was absolute pleasure to have her. She actually Yeah. She has an album. She's also playing numerous festivals and things down in Texas as we start to open up uh, uh handle this COVID as well as we can. Uh she is phenomenal. She's a great person, and she was a jailbird. So I think her story is amazing, and, and I really enjoyed our time with her. So if you don't mind, check out Elena Kay. Hope this conversation has some value for you guys, and, and uh, yeah, give us your feedback. Reach out. Please like us, comment, find us on Facebook, Instagram. Also, exciting news about Forgot. We're on Spotify. So we got approved by Spotify, so we're really excited. You can find us. In all our episodes on Spotify. And we can't wait to get you guys more and more. <coughs> I'm about to die over here. Need a drink. Wow. Excuse me. Sorry. <coughs> all right. I'm going to die. COVID, is that you? So we love you guys. Thanks for the support. And I hope you enjoy. Here's Elena K. Thank you. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Well, Miss Atlanta K, welcome to the Cardigan Cowboy podcast. It's so good to have you. Thank you you for having me. Yeah, anytime. Yeah. It's it's so good to like pull you from that lovely little state below us called Texas. The smart one. The smart one. (laughs) Yeah, right. That's right. Well, the
1: bigger and better, smarter one.
0: You are my first musician. Oh, yeah. First musician on the podcast. And. This yeah.
1: is my first podcast.
0: No way. I
1: think. I think so. I think so. Yes. Oh,
0: this is an honor. Is
1: our first, yeah. Well, yeah, I'm glad I finally well, yeah, here, we made this happen. Here's, the first. here's
0: the first. Cheers. Yeah. May it go swell.
1: <laughs> hey, it's going to be awesome.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, um, as the podcast is awesome. starting, the listeners probably are here. A little, I'll give a little throw out to what you are, but... You're a musician and you have been affected by the coronavirus for sure. Definitely. What do artists do in these times?
1: You bear down and hopefully you have another skill set <laughs> to, to make money. Um uh in the live streams, obviously we've all started experiencing um the live streaming thing. So that that was cool, but it's been really tough because you know, I was out on one of my biggest tours um in the West Coast with Jason Bolin and the stragglers when all this hit. And so I was all excited. I got to Denver, Colorado, and manager says, hey, this is the last text message I ever want to send you, but shows are being canceled. And I was like, what? What do you mean, like, shows are being canceled? Like, he's like, at first we were just lowering capacities. And, um, and then by the time I got to Denver, it was, you, you, you got to go home. I was like, what? So I ended up. I had one show that was separate from the tour that they still said, come on. It was in McCall, Idaho. So I played my last show in McCall, Idaho back in March before Corona hit. And when I was driving back those 30 hours, that's when everything was shutting down. The gas stations, like the restaurants, You know, was, they started doing uh, drive through only and all that. So um, I'm looking forward to getting back to playing shows, but um, I think it's going to be a while before it's anything like it, it used to be for live music. Unfortunately.
0: So well, from a guy that loves live music. <laughs> yeah. It's a tough time right now.
1: Yeah, and I, I mean it hurts for the, the people who and you know, it hurts the people playing music, but I think it equally hurts the people that like to go to and listen. It's
0: hard, it's hard to have something time. to look forward to.
1: Yeah. I that's what I'm saying. We don't I feel like right now we don't have much to look forward to because everything is the unknown. Like I like okay, if something kind of Sucky's going to happen. I want like a concrete date when it's going to get back, you know, but we don't know what that is. We don't know what that looks like right now. So we're just waiting, playing it by ear. But in the meantime, I get to do uh, podcasts, stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Get to go to the lake. And uh, I
0: don't know. I don't know if it's going to get any better than this. Know. Really. <laughs> I mean, this is about as big as it gets. I
1: think this is the pinnacle. Yeah. Of my, yeah. I looked at my Facebook.
0: Yeah. I told, I got like 15 followers. So yeah. Look out, you know. We're good. We're doing yeah. it big here.
1: We have, yeah, we have it made. We, yeah.
0: It's so cool. You're here on the ground level of this thing, and hopefully yeah. one day I would be so proud to say it is huge. And I've got way more, way more followers than 15. And every one of you guys, I, I appreciate you so much. And all related uh, to you, yeah. Like mom brought, <laughs> mom brought quite a few to the table. Good. You know, yeah. Um, she even activated some of my grandparents, you know, accounts good. just to follow. Yes, helping me out, but. Yeah, that's
1: where it, that's where it counts. Yeah, so I'm proud to be here. I'm proud to be invited and a part of this, especially, and to support you while you're getting this thing started. It's exciting.
0: It is fun it stuff, is. and yeah. I'm excited to. I, I you do have some shows coming up, right? I mean,
1: yeah. So since all this has happened, I mean, for a while I played zero shows, and then I started doing private parties and house concerts. Um, so this coming weekend is actually my first weekend of like three shows, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, um, at venues. So we'll, you know. Oh, I take that back. I played two weekends ago, last weekend. It was my first show back with the Dirty River Boys. And it was like, honestly, the one cool thing about being shut down is I was talking to the Dirty River Boys. They're an amazing, they're from El Paso. And um, we were all just talking about how much, how how we're like, man, we're kind of like nervous again. We're kind of like, Maybe we took it for granted because we were doing it constantly. I mean, we were every weekend, you know, playing, tours. You know, it almost got, you know, we were just so used to doing it. And so we were really, we were we were like kids, like, again, about music. We were all so excited and kind of like have that nervous, giddy feeling again. So that's been cool.
0: I, I, I actually was walking down the street in Tulsa Bar hopping a little bit and yeah. heard some live music yeah. and I missed it so much yeah. I went down yeah and uh, yeah I I'm not a hard metal fan mm-hmm. but that night hey. I was hey. it was something live yeah. and it was good it was and uh, it, yeah I don't know it I don't know I'm ready for it to be back yeah the way I, well.
1: yeah I think we have um maybe taken it for granted like community and meeting up with people and listening to art and and music and lyrics, and so, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully it's gonna um, get back. I don't. It's not gonna be exactly the same, but that's okay.
0: On to the next subject. Yeah. You went to jail. So.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Quick transition. <laughs> Let's just
0: segue right into that. Yeah. Um, uh, no, but for seriously, uh, you. Couple times.
1: Oh, you know, one back in the day in college. That doesn't really count.
0: It not count. What uh, back at down Tarleton? At Tarleton,
1: Tarleton. yes. Tarleton. I've been in the drunk tank, but I will tell you what—that was nothing like the full-blown, checked-in, booked, make-your-bed, in-jail situation. That yes, I experienced back in October.
0: Oh, it's recent.
1: This is recent, yeah.
0: And you were in. <laughs> uh, if we were, if we were, if you told me correct, you were in. A, Ohio, Ohio, good old Buckeyes. Hate them anyway, F. Ohio, man.
1: F Ohio, I hate
0: that. Ohio State, those <sighs> fans. Man, I was in
1: Defiance, Ohio, is where I went to jail.
0: Defiance,
1: yeah, ironic, right? That's
0: an ironic name. I'll yeah. never
1: forget the the officer taking me to jail, and I said, "Sir." Well, I mean, I have to tell the whole story, but fast forward to him taking me to jail. I was like. Sir, I have no idea where I am. Can you tell me where I am? I don't even know where I'm going to jail at. I don't even know what state I'm in. I was on tour. And uh, he said, Ha oh, you're going to laugh. I'm like, Pro- probably not. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm not. this is not funny. Uh, he said, you're in Defiance, Ohio. And I was like, you've got to be. Can we cuss? Is that?
0: Oh, for sure. Oh, okay. It's explicit. Okay. I was just yeah. like,
1: you've got to be shitting me. Like, I'm in Defiance, Ohio. So anyways, do you want the whole story?
0: Yes, we need to tell the whole story because... It has to do with gun laws, and I, <laughs> I, I, it absolutely goes all over me. Like, yeah. uh, here again, just that dumb redneck that just, it's like I got the Second Amendment, man, and you totally didn't. You didn't have the Second Amendment uh, that day.
1: Yeah, no, okay, so I'm a touring musician. I was on tour with Rhett Miller from the old 97s. Um, he's a total badass. It was so cool. We toured the... East Coasted Midwest. It was 2 weeks, uh time of my life, like, you know, just I went, it was just cloud 9. So I played the last show. The last show was Detroit, Michigan. And awesome show, sold out show. Um so my tour manager was like, "Hey, let's start driving back to Texas." You know, try to, you know, just just start driving tonight. Cause the tour was over. And I was like, yeah, that sounds good. I'm exhausted, you know. Um, so I'm actually asleep in the passenger seat. And she wakes me up. She's like, hey. She's like, I think I'm getting pulled over. And I was like, what? Are you, are, are you speeding? She's like, I, yeah, I guess so. And I was like, whatever. It's cool. Just play dumb, you know. Like, we'll be fine. Maybe, I mean, surely we'll get out of it. No big deal. Speeding ticket. Okay. Um, she gets pulled over. He comes to my side. I'm in the passenger seat. He pulls us over on the highway um asks me uh and I'm waking up right i mean i just i just got off stage and then the next thing i know i went from stage to jail like very quickly <laughs> and so um that's time of my life to the worst real quick um anyways he was like asked me for license registration and i was like yeah and i'm like you know when you just like i, I don't know if you do this when you get pulled over but like i forget now that my insurance is on my phone, and so I'm, like, pulling it, I open my glove box. Like, it's just kind of, like, habit, right? Well, I happen to have my, not my gun, but my bullets in my glove, in my glove box. And so when I opened it, he, he's, like, freaking out. He's, like, he was like, he was, like, why do you, he was, like, why do you have bullets? He's, like, do you have a firearm in here? And I was, like, yes, sir, I do, you know. I'm. Um, and he's, like, well, where is it? And uh, I said, it's, it's in the back, you know. And he was, like, well, give it to me. I was like, okay, so I reach back there, grab it. It's in a case. I mean, it's not like it, I just like was like, oh yeah, it's right here. I reached in the back. It's in a zipped up case in the bottom of a bag, actually. And uh, he he takes it. He start, It's loaded. I mean, obviously, like, what is the point of an unloaded gun? And so he uh, starts unloading it and stuff. I'd beg
0: the question: What's the point of it being in a bag at the bottom of a bag yeah. inside a bag in the back of the vehicle? Yeah, true, but
1: exactly. But uh, that probably helped my case some. Um, because really I just had it for, we stayed, it was just me and another girl, um, my size. And we were staying in, you know, low budget hotel rooms every night, uh, all over from Washington, you know, DC, Virginia beach, uh, Connecticut, Rhode Island, um, Detroit. And, uh, you
0: were protecting yourself.
1: Absolutely. Like my dad, when I left for tour, he was like, Make sure you have your gun. My grandparents gave me that gun, and uh, he said, "Make sure you have your gun." You know, you know, staying in hotels and whatnot. And I can't take it into venues. And I, as far as Texas goes, in Oklahoma, I'm sure it's the same. It's 51% sales and alcohol can't take it in. So I, like, was following that rule, you know. But in Texas and Oklahoma, it's you know, you it's legal to have a gun, and I had my CHL. Um, so, I mean, I've been around guns my whole life. I grew up in the country. We have guns all over our house. Um, so anyways, he makes me get out of the vehicle and my tour manager's just like freaking out and he's like, yeah, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to have to take you to jail. And I was like, what? Are are you kidding me? I was like, sir, I'm just trying to get home. I'm trying to get back to Texas from like where I'm from. This is completely legal. I'm a female. I'm protecting myself there. Obviously there's no bad intention with, with what's going on here. Like, how, you know, I, I just felt like he could have used discretion on my situation. Um. So, anyways, he takes me to jail, and I'm, like, calling my dad. I'm freaking out. I mean, I'm crying. I'm, I'm really upset because he was like, That's, this, is a, this is a felony, right? So, I'm freaking out. I'm trying to – I'm just trying to get home. So, they uh, – anyways, he takes me to jail. They fully strip-search me. Um. And I think it's kind of funny. I was in like yoga pants and a sweater. I'm like, do I really look threatening? <laughs> you know, I mean, I know that's like. So they made I, me change into the whole jumpsuit thing, and um.
0: Going from Lululemon to a I, jumpsuit. It
1: was I was Lululemon to a jumpsuit. <laughs> I'm not even gonna lie. Ugh. Not even gonna lie, and uh, the gal taking my fingerprints and all that stuff. I was like can you just kind of drag this process out? Like, it's almost morning. Like, can I just hang out in here with you? Or do, like, I don't want to go in there. And she's like, sorry, I have things to do. So they fully booked me into defines Ohio CC whatever that stands for. And uh, they were like, do you know how to make your bed? And I was like, does it look like I know how to make my bed? <laughs> no. So they like helped me make my bed. And I was in a woman's correctional facility, uh, like 50 other women. And uh, saw the judge the next day. And he, was pretty much just like, well, you're not, you know, you're not in Texas anymore. So like, you're not, you're, you're breaking the law here. This is, so they charged me with a fourth degree, degree felony, put me in another cell, read me all the, like, what could happen, which was basically like, they told me I could go to prison for like years. I mean, they're scaring the shit out of me. Like, that's what they do. They just, they just scare you. Like, and I just felt, like, so violated because I'm someone who's never been in trouble before in my life. Like, they could see that immediately. Oh, she has no record whatsoever. No criminal history. No, I don't even have a DUI. Like, so, um, I don't know. They were just they were just scaring me. And then the next day to transport me, I'll never forget this, the guy, oh, he said, uh, he said, get on that chair on your knees backwards. And I was like, What? okay and so um I did it and it was I hear it was so they shackled me they put shackles on my ankles like I was gonna run away or something like shackles around my ankles my waist and my um wrists and then the next thing I know I hear the like chains and like it's like a a group of male inmates and they're all like just staring at me and I'm like You know, obviously, I think they had been in there for, like, a while. And I'm, like, the first thing they see. And I was, like, are y'all going to put me in the the van to transport me with with them? Like, and they're, like, yeah, sorry, we don't have, like, another one. I was, like, oh.
0: Well, Elena, I I hate to tell you. I mean, you're a solid (laughs) out of 10. You're a solid 11 in real society. But inside prison, (laughs) I'm telling you, you, would like, can't even imagine. Oh, my gosh. Them boys hadn't seen blonde hair blue-eyed woman and
1: I did not want to know what they were thinking at all. And uh but it turns out so so then they said, "Well, no, we'll we'll put you don't worry. We'll put you in a cage in the van. They they won't be able to touch you." I was like, "Oh. Well, that's that's a that's really comforting, you know. I I really you, I mean, you're just completely like you don't feel like a human being at yeah. this at this point, you know. And uh so but meanwhile, they're all like, "So you're a singer, you know?" Like I'm like, you know, oh, we love Rhett Miller, we love the old '97s. Like,
0: wait, inmates uh, are saying this?
1: The like, officers. That's, oh. Uh, I, I mean, it was like kind of cool, but also kind of like I was like, cool, let me out then. Like now, like you know, I, I mean, they were just like being funny, like, but I was like, this is my worst nightmare. And you're like, I don't know, just um, they just couldn't believe it. They're like, because they would see my license, they're like, you're from Texas, what are you doing here? You know like well I was on tour and um yeah so and they're like oh well we don't we don't normally pick up people like you it's normally you know like meth heads and stuff like that I'm like okay then anyway so uh but the I will say that in the inmates I did chat with them in the van ride uh and they were actually really cool honestly the saddest thing about this is those inmates those guys made me feel better and um about the situation than anybody else because they were, I mean, they know the system they've been in and out of prison their whole lives. And they were like, they were like, <laughs> cause I'm crying. I mean, I was, I was not tough about this. I will admit uh, at first. And they were like, why are you crying? You know, we're getting out. And I was like, I don't know. I think I'm coming back. I don't know. I think my life, you know, I'm like dramatic. I'm like, I think my life is over. And the guy like driving the van, he was like, are you really a singer? Anyways, whatever. So then I'm talking to the inmates and, uh, they're like, oh, you're good. You're good. You know, like, you're you're not going to go back in. Like, you. I was like, really? Okay. And so they were actually really nice. And they were telling me, like, what all they've done to get, like, thrown in jail. And I don't know. But I ended up getting out. But I did actually get harassed by several officers that found me on social media after that. I don't know if I told you that. Um, So I ended up, like, having to tell my lawyer that, like, inappropriately, like, the, I don't even know what you call them. Like, not the bodyguards, but, like. Yeah, like the jail guards and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. like once they found out I was a musician, they like found me on social media and like messaged me, and like someone even started posting my mugshot all over, all over social media and stuff like that. Like,
0: did it look good?
1: Yeah, it it, it did. It's did it's, you smile? Uh, no, I look pissed. I'll show it to you. Yeah, no, I look really pissed and like really like what? But I mean, I mean, I did have like my hair and makeup kind of done because I just oh. got off stage, so I didn't look terrible. But
0: please give that to me. I need a. I need a shot (laughs) to put on this podcast.
1: (laughs) I thought about making (laughs) T-shirts with my mugshot. So
0: I can't believe it. The uh, the American in me just goes all over me because, like you said, I was
1: very upset. I mean, and then I had to hire. I mean, and then all the money that I had to pay, like after that. I almost missed my sister's wedding. I had to stay in Defiance, Ohio for three days. They let me out of jail. Had to buy a hotel for three days to make my preliminary hearing in three days. Finally got to go back to Texas. Barely made it to my sister's wedding that I was in. And then had to hire, pay thousands of dollars for a lawyer. Also to fly back to Ohio. It's not like this was like an hour down the road from my house. Had to hire an attorney that, if this happened in Texas or Oklahoma, I could just hire my buddy. Like someone that I know, my attorney friends. But you have to hire an attorney in that county.
0: You have attorney friends. Oh, that must be nice.
1: Yeah. Do you not know <laughs> <laughs> always have to have attorney friends, attorney friends, and friends with boats. You're good. So. Man.
0: L- life lessons, <laughs> right there.
1: <laughs> life lessons by me. Um, so yeah, it was. It's. It was wrong. It was messed up. It was wrong. My family was really upset. I was very upset just because as a woman and as someone who I have been stalked, I've been harassed multiple times. I've been assaulted in my lifetime. Um, and I, I have to put myself out there. I can't go with what I do for a living. I can't go hide and be in a hole and, and be like safe. Like I put myself out there for a living. I put out where I'm going to be and exactly what time every single weekend, you know? So, um, It is a vulnerable feeling knowing that people can pretty much find you whenever. Um, So, yes, I truly 100% believe that I should, you know, have protection and that there's no way in hell that that should ever get taken away from me. Um,
0: I wonder if you would have had a case, like, if you would have got mugged or hurt or something on the way back without your pistol.
1: (sighs) They wouldn't have cared. And honestly, the saddest part is, like, really, it was all just money, They they really just wanted money, you know, and it's the law. And the cop was like, "Oh, this is all my body cam. Uh, If I don't take you to jail, uh, you know, I could lose my,
0: you know, what your twenty five thousand dollar year (laughs) job. Like come down, be I'd been like be my, be my bodyguard down here. We'll pay you that. We'll give you that salary.
1: Yeah, and. You know, but then it turns out when my attorney tried to pull body cams to make sure I was, you know, we were stopped for all the right reasons. Oh, oh. for some reason, it, we, we, we didn't find any in that, in that weird, in that funny, you know. So um, it was bullshit. I got it. It was eventually lowered to a first degree misdemeanor. Um, so basically, I'm on probation for like two years. And if I don't get any trouble. Um, but if I do, like if I was to get a gun, a gun charge right now, I'd go to jail for two years. So, so I'm kind of a badass.
0: You jailbird, dude. <laughs> Jeez.
1: Oh, I'm just not going to go back to that place ever. I mean, I, th- I think if I got, like, the best paying show in Ohio, I still wouldn't do it. <laughs> I'm so... I bad. would...
0: I would uh, you should go just to get on stage for one minute. Yeah. And just tell them to go. Yeah. You know what. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So yeah it was just a how you know how dare you type thing you know um as a woman I just i
0: well as anybody and as I anybody, think we'll segue but, this into the whole b l m thing right now you got treated unfairly for money for reasons unknown right. whatever right. I think um right. I think our the black community uh feels that way about some of the ways they've been treated right uh unfairly not handled you know um not handled like a human being right. Because that is not how you right. treat a human being, right? And uh, so, absolutely.
1: And I can say um, that I experienced that. I knew I I know what that that felt like in that. Yeah, moment.
0: you weren't getting no white privilege. Oh. Uh, Oof, no,
1: absolutely not. I I couldn't, I couldn't beg. I couldn't cry. I could I mean, it was it was harsh. It was very harsh. And you know what also really upset me is, I was so honest to that cop, and I almost feel like if I would have lied, would I've Gotten out of it, you know, like when he asked me, "Ma'am, do you have a firearm in here?" You know, because he had no reason to search the vehicle. I mean,
0: well, well, okay. that ammo, the
1: ammo. Okay, whatever.
0: He would have. Okay, you were you were good. Be honest.
1: But I was I was completely honest and just did everything he said and was just like, "Yes, sir." uh You know, I don't know. I just there was no reason for him. I wasn't I wasn't drunk, you know. Which yeah, you know. If it was another show night that that would have been that could have been a possibility that probably that really saved my life that I wasn't intoxicated. I wasn't driving, but still. I mean, after shows a lot of times, you know, I've drank, but after that show I didn't because it was the last one. We were driving back, so Interesting. Yeah. So
0: Well, I'd like to make a shout out if there's a cop <laughs> officer that would like to be on this show and talk some sense into us cuz I think you and I both have had bad experiences with cops. I had the same deal kind of happen. In the great town of Stillwater, Oklahoma. Yeah. Uh I was I was in a facility. Now some would say, you know, these things don't happen in Sunday school. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I wasn't in Sunday school, but yeah. It was a Saturday night. But yeah. absolutely stuffed, cuffed, roughed up a little bit for right. at the end of the day it was a public intox where mm-hmm. I begged I absolutely begged for a breathalyzer. I begged for yeah. um Sprydy test, they did not give one to me, and the reason I begged for it was actually I wasn't feeling well. That night I did not drink; mm-hmm. I didn't drink any. Mm. Uh, a brawl broke out where somebody hit me in the face, yeah. and uh, yeah, me and my cousin, me and my cousin got roughed up pretty good. Wow, sad deal though. I was a little more compliant. <laughs> I I was a little more sweet, I guess. Yeah, talking to him. Yeah. My cousin wasn't, and. Man, he the same deal that happened to the gentleman that all this BLM stuff happened, Mm -hmm. uh, it happened. I mean, they had knees on him. and and, Yeah, it took him weeks to get over. And we're talking just out two-stepping on a good night, come out, a brawl breaks out. Right. And we get grabbed and thrown on the pavement. Mm. And it was a weird deal. And if anything comes out, I hope two things come out of the BLM deal. And I'm not meant to hijack your interview, but I want... Mm. I don't know, in a way I want to say something, and that is like, one, I hope the black community, I hope their leaders step up and they're heard, and I hope it does change the way maybe we handle uh, individuals based on color, ethnicity. And then the second thing is I love good cops. Like I'm all about good cops. Yeah. Here's my deal with a cop. Mm -hmm. You need the training. You're supposed to be the coolest cucumber in the kitchen when things get hot. Right. right. Like right. these crazy cops. My i my uh, sister-in-law got pulled over and the cop screamed at her, t- telling her to get out of the vehicle. It's 101 degrees and she's got a one-year-old infant mm. in a car seat. And she's like, look, she he's yelling at her to turn off the truck and come to the car. And oh, she's just like, okay. look, That's I have a kid.
1: Happen.
0: This guy's got a gun drawn yelling. And I'm like, no, dude. That messed yeah. with her, that mess that's not Absolutely. good. And as a cop, I would love to sit down across from a cop and and not in an argumentative way. Just right. go, look, you guys got the toughest job. I get it. And you mm-hmm. do handle some things that I, I couldn't. I could right. never have that job. Right. But that's why we're not. You're telling me stuffing and cuffing a a, a woman who's got a gun in the back while having a permit showing the proper things that she it's hers she owns it it's for safety she's driving cross country you really serving the people right are you really serving the people by putting this person exactly and i don't care if it's a woman man black yellow blue Right. right you're a human right and um yeah come to find out we're not in europe like we're in America, and that's right. one thing that we do is we have the right to arm ourselves right. and protect ourselves, and that was taken away. Yeah, and not by in my and, and what's crazy is it's even worse. It was by a government. It was by a. Right. A, it wasn't right. like a thug pulled you over or or right. a um.
1: Yeah, I mean, I tell this story to um people who aren't gun people, and they're like. That's still messed yeah. up. Oh, like, and I feel
0: like now I have to be politically correct. By the way, thugs are not just black people. There, there's a lot of people of different ethnicities that are thugs. Politically correct, my God. But yeah. all I'm saying is, is like it was your own. It was like the people that are supposed to be protecting you took it from you.
1: They took my protection away. Yeah. And now, I mean, I, I'm scared to. I'm scared to have a gun now. I, I should not be scared to have something that could save my life so but i I mean i i am and so yeah but i did i got the gun tattooed on my arm after it happened oh by the way they never gave it back either
0: oh you didn't get the gun back no they
1: won't they wouldn't even give it back and it, it, it was a gun that my grandparents gave to me and i just don't get it back I don't know where it went. I don't know, like, if what they do with it, but they wouldn't give it back to me.
0: That pisses <laughs> me like off so much. Like, I can't go
1: back to Texas and buy another gun, you know, and be a safe, responsible gun owner that I am, you know. So, I mean, I live alone, you know, um, in downtown Dallas. I, You know, I sleep next to a gun, you know, as I should, so.
0: All right, well... <sighs> So where do we go from there? I, I feel like know. I feel like punching something. I know. Now we're all rolled up. <laughs> <laughs> Let's have a drink. Gosh, my I gosh.
1: Kinda, I kind of want to try that whiskey. No way. I don't know. I just want to try it.
0: It's TX whiskey. You should like it. I should. You should. You want me to make you one?
1: Just hand. I just I'll just try yours.
0: My,
1: if you're not scared of the Rona, I might give it to you.
0: I don't hate it. The only reason you're saying that is because it's from Texas. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, let's get into your music career, guys. Sorry, I got off that. on that whole deal. That just... I You told well, me that story, and I couldn't believe it. I know. No like, word. if you were in Canada, I could have I believed it. If it, yeah. you were in Europe, you know, yeah. where it's like absolutely I no firearms. It. No citizens are supposed to own firearms. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I don't... Uh, you know, I, I don't... I mean, is it ignorant to not know the law and every other... Maybe every other... Ooh, that's
0: a good case. One, you know, If you're passing I mean, through a state, are you supposed to like...
1: Yeah, that was their argument. They said, you know, you have to... If you own a gun, you have to responsibly know the laws in every single, like, where everywhere you go. So
0: then, let's say, what do you do? You drop it off in another state that allows it? Put it in a storage, something? I
1: mean, okay, for for my gun... Of course, we're still talking about this. For my gun to be legal in my car, and this is hilarious it had to have been unloaded in a box a locked box or in a trunk where i had to get out of my vehicle to retrieve it yeah that that's their law yeah that is ohio's law. no
0: like i've definitely been robbed before and i was like one second sir hold
1: on bro i
0: need to go Ma'am. to the trunk unlock this box
1: yeah Mm-hmm. I tell
0: you what, just go ahead and try to steal yeah. the stereo system yeah. while I. And
1: um, so their law, because like, you know, I've done, I did my research. Obviously, like I really wanted to know, I really wanted to know what was like what this what this was about. And uh, their law is that law is in place because, so you can't shoot a cop, right? So. That's that's their law. That's why it's there. But I'm like, okay, but, because people would laugh when I told them the story, they would be like, "Did you shoot at the cop?" Like, no, it was in the back seat in a, in a, you know, in a zipped up leather case. Like I couldn't have shot a cop if I wanted to, you know, it's like he came up to my window. It wasn't going to be like, oh yeah, hold on. You know, I don't know. It's just, I, I don't know. So, but going into music from that, um, <laughs> I. <laughs> screw
0: it. It's not even. That's, that's just,
1: <laughs> you're like, I don't care about your music We need anymore. more whiskey. You're an outlaw. Um. I wrote two songs about that, though. I did write a song called Defiance, Ohio with Rhett Miller. Um, so that will be recorded as soon as I can safely get into a recording studio mm-hmm. since that's a. Uh, yeah, that's also been affected by yeah. coronavirus. I was like, I got off the road and I was like, OK, well, with this time off of shows, I'll get into the recording studio. I'll record new music. And then that wasn't happening either. So, um, wrote that with Rhett and also wrote a song called Mama's Bullets, another kind of feisty song about women and guns.
0: So. Yeah. And point really <laughs> just don't have bullets in the content in your console.
1: Yeah. I really fucked up there, didn't I? Damn it. Now where do you keep them? In the gun. Well, like your extras.
0: I got something put down a dragon, yo. Like I keep them that clip. Holds yeah. quite a few. If I go down after nine, forty-five caliber bullets, Taos went down, and you know, fighting hard. Yeah. And that's how I feel on the gun. I don't carry extra ammunition with me. Yeah. uh On in my because I do feel like when you're concealed carry in, in a vehicle, it's going to be like a yeah. just a wham bam, get yourself out of a bad situation. Yeah. Unload. I feel like. If you're like, oh, I'm concealed carry, and those are 10 banana clips, you know, full of ammo that I <laughs> plan on just sawing people down, you know, it's like. Yeah. Um,
1: and it's not like I had the bullets in there. I think I just bought them and then, like, loaded the gun and then, like, put them in there and forgot. Yeah. Like, how I, I don't open my glove box ever. Yeah. I forgot, honestly.
0: Well, I hate um, that you went through that experience. I know it, it's no so. fun and and— Dude, being on that side of the, the wrong end of the law is, yeah. Oh man, so yeah, I'm telling you, I feel like <laughs> punching something. I I'm already said that. All right, I think that was a solid thirty minutes just shit on.
1: Meaning, like you know, not not people. And for y'all <laughs> listening, it's like, geez, that's
0: a long time. Look, we're talking about our rights being taken from us here. Like that yeah. was crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So um but yeah. hey,
1: I lived through it and I learned and I mean, I just learned that I'm I, I feel like now I have more to say and I have more I have a a story and I I it makes me have more of a voice about about it. Yeah. Cuz it, it's that really happened.
0: And whoever your football team is when they play Ohio State, you really have a reason yeah. to Yeah. Yeah. What's a buckeye anyway? Jeez. So something cool <laughs> is you opened for a Judd?
1: I did. Is that right? That's right. Is she cool? She's the best human being. She's so amazing. Like, you know how they they always say like uh you know about meeting your heroes, you know, and like how let down you could be if like this person that you has been your hero your whole life and you meet him and they like suck. How like devastating that could be. With her it was like everything that I would want my like hero to be like someone i looked up to to be she was everything she's a strong christian woman she is proud of it she preaches about it on stage every night um she gives the best hugs in the world she genuinely she told me you know just you know this is going to be a long i'll never forget she's just like this is going to be a long hard road but don't give up don't just don't give up and um and I cried a little bit when I like the first night when I like hung out with her backstage in the dressing room, and she uh, she was like, "It's okay to cry." She was like, "You should cry." <laughs> I was like, "Okay." She was like, "I cried when I met Bonnie Raitt." And I was like, "Oh, oh my gosh," because that was like, well, you know, one of her heroes, and um, so it was just so cool. And full circle, crazy thing is the first song I ever sang on stage was "Have Mercy" by the Judds, so. It was, I mean, if I would have told the nine-year-old me, like, that one day I would be opening, like, touring with this, with, with her, I, I would be like, no way, you know, when I first started out. Um, yeah, so, first song I ever sang on stage, and then got to open up sold-out shows for her. It was, it was a dream come true, and she was awesome.
0: Man, it's so cool whenever somebody turns out to be just as awesome yeah. as what you think. Yeah. It's rare.
1: Yeah, it is rare. It definitely is rare. It definitely is. So, and it is such a tough business. I can see how people could be, um, you know, not the best version of themselves. I mean, it's a really hard. I mean, it, I think everyone thinks music as being so fun and glamorous because they see. party the the party the fun the entertainment side of it but a lot of people don't see how rough like it is on your body and health and like just traveling and driving and um just exhausting yourself every single night um and until you're like at a super great level I mean like high level it's like you're doing a lot of driving yourself, like maybe with one other person, you know, you're selling your own merch, you're hauling in your own merch, you know, you're playing the show, you know, you're, um, eating fast food, you're staying in low budget hotels. Um, you're not sleeping great. You're not eating great, you know? So anyways,
0: no, I love it. I'm listening to you here. Cause I wanted to look up an artist that, um, I want to make sure it's the right guy. Yeah. What you're talking about is how it's tough. I I was watching one Garth Brooks has his documentary on Netflix. Oh,
1: okay, yeah. I, I and
0: I was watching it, and I was amazed at, like you said, everything's glamorous, and that's For kind of sure. all you see. Mm-hmm. You don't see the hard work in the back, and it really shows right. him backstage. I mean, like, lining right. out the crew yes. and giving direction and showing. But Travis Scott is who I had to look up. I watched okay. his documentary. Okay. And it gave me such an appreciation to – right those concerts and whenever you start getting into entertaining people and and he had a vision right like he's he's taking what's in his head and making it real Uh and in his case I remember part of the the um there's part of the documentary where it's like this roller coaster he's like rapping on this little roller coaster in the it's not a real roller it's like a made up over the over people and Uh it's crazy and he was at back like talking to him like trying to explain it like where he needs the lighting and where he and it's like yeah all we see is the yeah. roller coaster with cool yeah. lights and like it's going but yeah. it took somebody like to really push that and get everybody on board and yeah do things and and yeah. that's why i'm so i find music and artists musicians so awesome is because it's a it's a tough industry to be in and if you excel at it you you have to have some like you have to have a vision, right? And trying to get people to see that, yeah, so tough.
1: You have to always remember that. And like the thing is, is like people expect to see the best version of yourself every single night on stage and selling merch, and they don't. They're not paying for you to have an off night or a bad night or be in a bad mood or not feel well or be tired or show that you're tired. I mean, you there's there's no room for that. Like you have to be on point no matter. What's going on in your life, how you feel, um, because people, that's what they want to see. That's what they're paying to see. That's what they're there for. And that's honestly where I really, really respected Winona is she seemed, she was always on it. She was always on, the, on her A-game, I think. And I think the, what makes it is, like, if you truly, truly um, love it and have dedicated your entire life to it, like she has, I mean, I think that's where that is, that genuine spirit comes from because you know it's not easy but um but yeah I think I think uh I think I think rodeoing helped me with that part a lot like living on the road already like rodeoing and um I think that really groomed me to be a musician honestly as far as the traveling goes because it was pretty much the same thing just instead of horses is Dudes with long hair, in my band.
0: (laughs) 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 Poor guys. Did you put them in the back too? Throw them a little hay and yeah, they
1: were they smelled bad, just like the horses. They were pain in my ass, just like the horses. So same thing. Same. They both costed me money. how to feed them. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Yeah.
0: That's awesome.
1: Yeah. So.
0: Well. How did you break, get broke out in the music world? I mean, whatever inspired that.
1: Mm. So, I always wrote songs. I think I wrote songs before I even knew I was writing songs. Um, I had a, I had a little bit of a, I had a turbulent childhood. Just mom, mom getting remarried a lot and like moving a lot and, um, you know, things weren't always stable. Um when we kind of talked about this like I I always kind of felt like um maybe the focus wasn't on me. So I wrote about it, you know, instead of acting out. Like some kids I feel like rebel or like act out and like get in trouble or do drugs and stuff and like I that wasn't my thing. So I just I just wrote um a lot about what was going on and that's what that was my coping mechanism and um, just started transitioning that into songs, but I was, al- I was already singing. Um, I started singing when I was about nine, 10, my Mima, um, who loved Wynonna Judd and like, this is why I, I started singing her songs to begin with. Um, put me in acting lessons and voice lessons and tap dance. Um, and I just fell in love with it. I fell in love with being on stage or, you know, being, In the spotlight or whatever as, you know, narcissism.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Such a horrible way to put it.
1: I know. No, I just, I just truly felt, honestly, it's weird because um, I feel more comfortable when I'm on stage in front of a bunch of people than I am sometimes just like, you know, one on one or um, in a small group of people. Like I truly feel happiest and more comfortable on stage. So, and most people that scares to death, so explain that. I don't know.
0: (laughs) You're made for it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think it was just like a, a, something God put in me and, uh, I wasn't gonna, it wasn't gonna ignore it, you know? So I just, um, I just never let it go as, and there was many, many times where, uh, along the way things have gotten super tough and, um, you know, but something always happened to be like, Oh no, this is why, or like, this is why I do this. And maybe, you know, maybe it was getting on stage. Like sometimes I think I could forget. Um, but the moment I'm back on stage, I'm like, this is why I do this. I love this. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to keep going hundred percent full steam ahead. Um, and good things will come and they have, so it's just taken a long, you know, it's a long road. It's not a, you know,
0: would you have any advice for, uh, uh, say there's a beautiful young lady listening to this, wanting to start out in the music world. Uh, would you have any advice or any things that you, uh, Maybe stumbled a little bit on the way.
1: I would just say, um, you know, just like Winona told me, just just don't give up. Like you just have to bear down constantly, and don't as honestly as a girl try not to get take things personally. And I mean, men are sensitive too, so uh, don't take everything personal. And be honest. Write honest music. Um, write with better people than you would probably be my biggest. Um, if you're just, it's kind of like we're talking about. Like, if you want to go to the NFR, move, you know, live in Stephenville. You know, it's kind of like if you want to be a great songwriter, write with the best songwriters that you can um, get in a room with. Um, don't ever put your pride so far aside um, and, yeah, make yourself better any chance you get. So, that'll be my advice. So, yeah, I don't know. I just got started. My dad gave me a guitar um that he he was like, "Well, I you know, when I was rodeoing, I took this guitar around to pre- impress the women. I never I never learned anything on it, so maybe you can." And so, and so I did. I took it and um, I still have it hanging on my wall to this day. It's very special to me.
0: That's awesome. <laughs> Stop saying I awesome. So. I know.
1: Oh, now I'm going to call you out every
0: time. <laughs> I was telling Elena that I feel like I say awesome too much, and I'm going to start donating a dollar to a non-profit just every yeah. time I say awesome. Yeah, they're
1: going to get real rich.
0: It's going to help somebody. It'll be awesome. It's going to be...
1: When it helps somebody. <laughs>
0: great. It's going to be great. It's
1: going to be so rad.
0: So, when are we going to have more music? We can find you on iTunes right now.
1: Yes, please. It's uh, on iTunes, Spotify. It's on all the download... Um, All the platforms. Yeah. Digital, digital platforms.
0: And do you have a website?
1: Website is elanak.com. Just like it says on your shirt.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: (laughs) It looks great.
0: I forgot I wore this. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm definitely one of those guys that wears the band shirt when I go watch the band. Oh, you are? Oh, for sure. Oh. I am. Yeah.
1: Okay, that's all right. Yeah, I'm bringing
0: it back. I think there was a time where that was cool. Oh, I don't know. And the reason it's cool is because, like, I usually have the shirt before I even go see the band. I ain't one of those schmucks that go get merch at the concert. I get it before I get there, yo.
1: Yeah. It is a really sweet thing, and that was, like, the one thing I loved um, when I was on tour with Rhett Miller is he's got, like, this cult following, right? And they all showed up in his vintage T-shirts, and it was so cool. That's cool. I think it's more of a rock and roll thing. Um, And he's, like, he's super, um, yeah, like, rock and roll, but it was really cool seeing these people have his, like, old school, old 97s um, T-shirts, and they were wearing them and buying more, you know. And, and, and thank you to people who buy merch because um, anyone who doesn't know, like, the music format has changed so much, um, re- like, the way things are now with, I mean, people don't buy records anymore. Record labels aren't really the same as they used to be. People don't get record deals and um we have to tour to make money, you don't, um, b- because of, you know, how things have changed with streaming and with, you know, online. Um, so we have to tour and we have to sell merch to make money. So thank you to people who support that and buy merchandise from artists. It's, I don't think people realize like how important it is. So,
0: well, I like your merch. I know you can find it right on your website. Yes,
1: it's all on the website, elenak.com under merch. Um, yeah, there's shirts and, uh koozies and there's even uh what do you call them tumblers you like the yeti cups
0: that's cool yeah. so you told me that you got to play <laughs> at green hall
1: yeah so uh with winona that was oh we, that was with winona it was we did two back-to-back nights because she sold it out um obviously it's a small venue for her um yeah it's two sold out shows at green hall back-to-back with her
0: yeah I like that place. I (sighs) like that area. So
1: iconic. You know, it was like, uh, yeah, it's legendary. I mean, it's, it's a legendary dance hall in Texas. I mean, there's so much history there. Um, Yeah. When I was there, it was kind of like, it was one of those moments in my life that I was like, I just want to pause my life right now. I, you know, like everything was perfect. Like I was opening for my hero. I was playing at a legendary uh, dance hall I was with my best friends. Uh, I was on a tour bus, which I'm not to that level, but I was very fortunate. Um, Yeah, so.
0: That's cool. It was
1: really awesome. And then corona happened and everything sucks now. So You just said awesome, so
0: that's (laughs) a dollar too. All
1: right, I lost a dollar.
0: (laughs) Well, I know uh, this platform, we want to really help up-and-coming artists and I think you're not just up-and-coming you've established yourself and it's an honor that you would come up here and be part of this and help Cardigan Cowboy and then we want to do everything we can to help our artists so if you ever have an up-and-coming artist that you know of that that we could help promote and and get out here and then I'll make some shout outs I gotta get to looking around Tulsa because there's a there's got to be a way I can start getting pulling pulling that talent up here to Tulsa and we have a huge Definitely. music scene here in yeah, Tulsa. I mean we're like a, a
1: lot of talent here. Yeah,
0: it's like a it's like a little little Nashville. Yeah. It's like a little Nashville. Yeah. So I heard. So you hear. So I hear. I mean uh, I hear I'll
1: have to spend more time here than I, I did not know.
0: Yeah. I hear Jack White actually loves Tulsa. Really? I mean, he loves the Canes. One of his favorite places to play.
1: Oh, I do love Kane's ballroom. Yeah. I haven't played there yet, but, but you played at Mercury? I have Yeah. played at Mercury several times. Turnpike has played now. at
0: Mercury. It's like you've stood Yeah.
1: Yeah. Sitting at Mercury. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Miss them. I miss Turnpike. Oh my gosh. Yeah, they're they were uh one of my favorites. I mean still one of my favorites. I've I as I was hooked as soon as I saw them for the first time in New Mexico, actually. I saw them in Red River and followed them like yeah. you know, crazy so music's tough good example right there music's tough music's tough it the is. lifestyle is tough
0: and i hope i hope evan the lead singer is mm-hmm. doing well now i hope, I hope so too i, I hope you know, he is I and and it's really special the turnpike troubadours actually practiced and, and played in a little town called okima oklahoma that's Right. home of woody guthrie
1: where we met that's right yeah
0: well yeah turnpike was kind of around that area. And they did a lot for the community. They brought a lot of people. But one time they did a private show in like an old. The, Okima has like their old movie theater. Like the one screen theater. Cool. And they did a cool concert there. I got invited to go to that. And nice. they were phenomenal. Oh, yeah. And I don't know. Like so I get we all miss them. It's got to feel good to be missed. Like it does. Like they left at a time where they were truly loved. And they didn't wait yeah. maybe till they burn out. Everybody's tired of them.
1: Yeah, I, I just feel bad for the um, the players, like the musicians in the band. I mean, they're I mean they're all a band, but like you know, Evan can do his solo thing, um, but like that was their life. Yeah, that was their livelihood. Um, but I have been excited to see Kyle Nix, the fiddle players, putting out some solo stuff. So, you know,
0: I would love to meet that guy.
1: He's awesome. Is he? Yeah, he's really nice really really good really good
0: guy another guy that we talked about that i would love to meet and that's the drummer for is it the flat
1: oh flatland calvary land calvary that's exactly
0: what i was going to say um (laughs) yeah Yeah. i would love to meet that what a cool story and that band rocked i went and saw them in uh in oklahoma city they opened for casey donahue and they were awesome
1: they are awesome and good people too and um my good friend, Caitlin Butts, is engaged to Cleto, the lead singer. And so, um, yeah, it's just been it's been fun watching their success. And I, I love seeing people do well that you know is, um, like, a really good person, you know. So that's always good.
0: Well, I think it a lot of people feel happy. that about you, Elena. Aww, and hey. the fact that you came up here, you let me show you Tulsa. We went two-stepping. Hell yeah. The girl can dance, y'all. Yay! Yeah, it was good. <laughs> yeah. We had fun. Yeah. and and we got a little lake time. We even got on a boat. Yeah, we
1: did a lot in 24 hours. Dude,
0: we had a good time. Yes. And, uh, man, I just, one thing that I just really found automatically about you that I just, I love, and that is you rave about everybody else. You never once talked about yourself. You never once uh, tried to self-promote yourself. And then I listened to you sing. You actually have a guitar in the living room. And you grabbed it and played. And I think your talent speaks for itself you don't even have to say anything and I think uh, you you are absolutely amazing thank you. and I just love how you promote others you have said so many great things about so many other artists and coming up and you've never once tried to take away from anybody and I love that because whenever I do my day-to-day job I always tell mm-hmm. people we want an environment where making others look bad doesn't make us look better right we want that environment where we build each other up yeah and you're a walking example of that oh. like I've Thanks. I have actually I'm made fan that. you've made me fanboys of other other bands and people that you've introduced me to yeah. just through iTunes and jamming out with you on the way to the lake That's and cool. uh, so I it's cool I don't know I think a, a big heart like yours is hard to find especially in that industry and I guys I just hope you go listen and, and show <laughs> up and I can't wait I'm gonna come down and definitely go to a show Yes. and I and, and I'm gonna take this shirt a notch up I might go <laughs> and have it on the back be put i might add oh. i'm with the band okay is that cool or something I mean, corny no, like that but
1: you you can do anything in it. i'm gonna do you me can, you can make cool? it you can make yeah. it cool yep. yeah if anyone can you can so. thank you yeah
0: well <laughs> well is there any last words elena oh
1: don't go to jail um, <laughs> no, that was terrible. um no thanks for having me this is cool this is fun this was a good i yeah, I, lo- I love doing spontaneous things, and I'm glad I um, drove up here and did this. And so I hope it, you know, keeps climbing and doing well. I think it will.
0: You're awesome. And you embody that cowboy spirit that we're looking for, and, and you're kind, and you're loving, and yet you can handle yourself on the dance floor at, <laughs> on the lake. Yeah. And uh, yeah. believe it or not, this woman helped my dad change a flat tire. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So yeah. that, yeah, I, I think yeah. Uh, you're oh, awesome. Oh,
1: and we got to see your dad today. So that was, yeah, we did oh, a lot.
0: Any day you could see Daddy Bart's good so day. Awesome. Alaya. I wish you the best of luck. And Cardigan Cowboys always here to back you. So just keep us in tune with whatever you have coming next. And we're going to promote it. So
1: I will. All right. Awesome.
0: Check out. <laughs> see ya.